Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Tim Wildman, president of the American Family Association. Welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. I'm Tim with Ed and Ray, and we're in Alabama for our AFA retreat with many of our supporters, and uh, Fred's back home in our studios in Tupelo, Mississippi, uh, at the headquarters for American Family Radio. Uh, so is Steve Jordahl. Steve joins us now for these last 25 minutes of today's issues. Uh, good morning, Steve. Morning, all. I didn't get a cookie. Can someone, like, put that in a bag and bring it back to me? I know one of my granddaughters. Not going to happen, Steve. Uh, yes, yes, Steve. Uh, <laughs> they're really good, Steve. Really good. That's one what I hear. One of my granddaughters brought us all the, some, I guess, what amounts to sugar cookies, right? That's right. Melt in your mouth good. But you, you, what, you know what? Uh, I ate, like, three bites, and now it's down to nothing almost while I was gone I didn't for have two any. minutes. I, and I resent the implication that just, no, I was, I just was because just, I'm Italian I thought maybe, I would steal from you. That's right. I, thought, I thought maybe you saw who did it. No. You, did? you saw who did it? Devin. My wife did it? Your that? wife. Right. Allison, she ate my sugar Allison cookie. Allison ate your cookies? Yes. She, she, you know, this is the story of my life right here. It's my wife, she's been eating my cookies. It's the story of marriage in general. <laughs> For all men. My, my wife That's has right. always say, what's yours is yours. And what's, I mean, what's, what's mine is mine and what's, what's yours, yours is mine. mine. That's right. Yeah, all right. That's well, right. she left me two bites of the sugar cookie here. All right. Uh, anyway, Steve, uh, uh, good morning again. And what's first on your news agenda? Good morning. I think I'd, we'd like to start uh, overseas with a couple of things. Uh, you may have heard, if you're listening during the break of uh, the news, that the Catholic Church abuse scandal has broken out in France. They have uh, what they estimate is about 330,000 victims of child sex abuse within France's Catholic Church. 80% of these are male victims, boys or teenagers, and um, they are... Did, this is I little, missed this. When, did, when was this? When this, this, this story broke just, this morning. Just came. Did I say? Yes. Yep. Did you say 330,000? Yes. 330,000. Oh, my. It sent shockwaves, as you might uh, imagine, through the French Catholic Church. Um, the, uh, the Associated Press, the guy that... Uh, one of the... the, the um, Investigators, Olivier Savignac, uh, he's head of the Victims Association, he told the Associated Press that the high ratio of victims per abuser is particularly terrifying for French society, for the Catholic Church. Um, so, yeah. 80, over, over what? Over what period of time? Are we oh, the last 70 years. Yeah, seven it's, zero. It's, okay. yeah it's not this, a short amount of time, but it is a staggering number. The yeah, same thing that victims. broke in Boston first and then engulfed the, the entire wow. United States uh, several years ago. And, but France is an extremely Catholic country, so this is big. This is a really big, dangerous, sad news for them. Uh, they where, do say, where, where do you where do you even go, Steve, with a number that big, and then seventy years? That must mean it pervades every level of the church, every city, every every province of france i mean that's that's a terrifying number i mean if you right. said five thousand, that that's a number you can at least begin to understand but that's a third of a million that have been 
abused inside the Catholic Church in France. Yeah, they set up hotlines and they received uh, thousands and thousands of calls from victims uh, trying mm -hmm. to get their arms around the size and scope of this. Um, 22 alleged crimes can still be pursued, uh, have been forwarded to prosecutors. This is more than 40 cases that are too old to be prosecuted, but um, involve alleged perpetrators who are still alive. Uh, those have been forwarded to the Catholic Church to see that they can uh, get those pedophiles out. Uh, so they are taking... And if, and if they handled it the same way as they did in this country, apparently, okay, I'm not an expert on this, so I don't... But my understanding is that the practice was that if you had a priest who was either known to have abused children uh, or was accused, they would often shuttle them to another parish right, uh, or another location and not deal with it publicly or not allow the law in to deal with it. So if they, if they did that same, if they had that same process in France, you, you could have had repeat offenders, and that may have been why the numbers were driven up. I think it's. I, I don't know. No, I, I just right. I just saw this story this uh, today, and so I'll, I'll try to read up a little bit more on it. But it's it's sad, very very sad and tragic for the people whose lives were uh, in many ways destroyed or derailed by this kind of abuse. Uh, one of the other investigators said that the um, the consequences are very serious. About sixty percent of men and women who are sexually abused encounter major problems in their sentimental or sexual lives, sentimental meaning yeah. their daily lives or their you know, psychological lives, I guess. Uh, it's significant to me to, to, to end this uh, particular story. 80% of the victims are male. The Catholic Church, uh, is, even in France, has a real problem with homosexuals in their seminaries. They are graduating them, they are becoming priests over and over. Um, it's where celibate men go if they can't get married uh, in public or they go to abuse kids at, at yeah, church. Yeah, but just because you're celibate doesn't make you a pedophile. Oh, no. I Please, I'm not saying that. But, but this is a career where you are uh, celibate. Um, you cannot marry if you're a priest. And right. The, everybody it, knows that when they sign up for right. that job. Yeah. And, well, yeah. And the seminaries have just been flooded with, uh, what do they call it, the pink... The Vatican is, is, is the all the way mafia. to the top. Yeah. Is it the Pink Mafia? Yeah, I think so. I think that's what they call it. Um, we're also, I'd like to take you guys to China. We've had a, uh, a defector um, who's only identified as Zhang because uh, he wants to protect his family who's still in China. But he's talking about the problem that the Chinese, uh, that the Uyghurs are having at the hands of the Chinese. This is in Western China mostly. Um, and it's not just that they're uh, discriminating against them. They are physically uh, ha handling this thing. They're pulling people from their homes, handcuffing, hooding them, threatening to shoot them if they resist. They are kicking them. They're beating them until they're bruised and swollen. Um, and uh, he now he recalls colleagues used to interrogate detainees in police detention centers until they kneel on the floor crying. This is just awful. Awful, terrible stuff. This is China, the the company, the company, the country that uh, is kind of on the doorstep of of taking over the world's you economy know, and everything. Nancy Pelosi the other day, you know, Speaker of the House, she was 
ask about this and at the United Nations, I think it was, was it the United Nations or maybe it wasn't the United Nations. It was in some of the public settings she was asked about China and to her credit, she did say, you know, they are uh, uh, committing atrocities against the Uyghurs, which is, for those who don't know, that's a, that's a Muslim population in Western China. Right. Almost. Right. It, it's far Western China. And there's a couple of problems here. Number one, the, the Han Chinese, the, by far the largest ethnic group. When we talk about the Chinese people, we're usually that's thinking we, about them. The, the Han Chinese. The Uyghurs are completely different ethnically. They're in the far Western reaches, and they are overwhelmingly Muslim. Right. And what the Chinese government is doing to the Uyghurs is nothing less than genocide. Really? It, it, it's that bad? It's the deliberate destruction of an ethnic minority that they wish to cleanse their country of. And so uh, the, what this person said, Steve, I, the, the things that you said, I tend to believe those reports 100% because they've been verified and validated by many different people. Which, remember, yeah, they're, the, China's trying to wipe out a part of their own population. You remember the photographs of, the, of the, mm. the, these uh, Uyghur Muslims in jumpsuits? I think they were in like right. blue jumpsuits, right. all on their knees, waiting for trains to come. Right. Mm -hmm. It echoed uh, echoed what the Nazis did to, to Jews. Well, and the reason for that, I would guess, is they're because they are deeply religious. Right. And so you can't, uh, just like we know with Christians in China, you can't be openly devout. You can't, you can't say Jesus is king right. above the Communist Party. Right. It's the same way with the Muslims uh, and Allah. They can't, they must... Am I right, Ray? They don't, they don't trust the Uyghurs. They don't like them. Right. They want them gone. And the fact that they're Muslims just gives the government another reason to attack them and try to wipe them out. So, yeah, I think genocide is exactly the right word for what the Chinese government is doing. And for a large part, they have gotten away with it because the Uyghurs are an unknown people to us. Right, right, they're, they're, right. right. We don't see their faces very right. often. And so the government has done this because they know they can get away with you. Yeah. Okay, Steve. Um, I've got a story from the stream. This is by the author of uh, a na the name of David Cabal, K-U-B-A-L from the stream. And he is- Is he a part of it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I want to speak Cabal. Yes, it's like the Cabal in the stream. I knew stream. that was coming. <laughs> he says, huh? vaccine mandates target Americans of faith, and it's time to take a stand. Uh, President Biden's Surgeon General, Dr. Vivek Murthy, made clear that his mistrust of religious exemptions for the vaccine. Any person who says their faith pre prevents them from taking the vaccine in good conscience must be monitored to weed out supposedly ingen uh, disingenuous Who's claims. Who's saying this? This is the Surgeon General of the United States, Dr. Vivek Murthy. In Arkansas, Surgeon there's a hospital chain that is, uh, for anyone that's employing a religious exemption, they have to prove it. And you're How do you not, prove it? I, well, I don't know. Maybe they follow you to church. I've always wondered about this: the religious exemption uh, for the vaccine mandates. Yeah, it's it's vague, isn't it? It's vague yeah. what the government is looking for. It's terrifying to hear the Surgeon General demonize. Yeah, demonize people who who have. I mean, how am I to know? If somebody's religious exemption right. is, I can't see into their hearts, right? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. 
That's the problem. What's I've talked to Abe about this, and as, a, as, as an employee or as an American, if you have a religious exemption, if you claim a religious exemption, you have to be taken at face value. They have to, they have to, do, to honor that, and there's a lot of, most people, uh, the vast, vast majority of people that claim religious exemptions do have them. The, they fall into several categories. Uh, you know, uh, you've heard about the distant, distant relationship between these vaccines and some abortions that were created in, uh, that were performed 70s. in 1970-something. Yeah. Right, right. And uh, there's other people who, who honestly believe that their body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and they just don't want to put something like this in. What about God told me not to take it? Does that work? I... If you claim it as a religious exemption, I think according to Abe, Ed, yeah. Well, well, here's the fright. Here's the frightening thing. I think this is what we're all, we're all saying, and Steve, certainly what you're saying, and that is when the Surgeon General Vivek Murthy says the government needs to double check. Now you've put government uh, in a uh, authoritative position to judge your religious beliefs. Yep. And I don't think that that has ever happened uh, in a widespread manner. Now, I know it happened like for Jehovah's Witnesses a century ago, plus years when, the, you know, in terms over, of over the blood transfusions, blood transfusions and saying the Pledge of Allegiance and those kind of things. Sometimes the government has to decide uh, if that is truly what your religion teaches. But this right here, if the government gets to decide whether you're what you're saying is actually part of your religious beliefs, then they have become the judge of religion. It's kind of crazy. So somebody says, I have a religious objection to the vaccine, and the Surgeon General says, follow that guy. And, yes. look, and look for what? What are you looking for? Did he go to McDonald's or not? Did he go yeah. to church? Did he read his Bible? Mm -hmm. Right. What would you look, what could you find that could tell whether it was legitimate or not? Government has no business judging the sincerity of anybody's right. religious beliefs, right. right? Right. Amen, brother. I had a very interesting discussion with a doctor from the uh, Christian Medical Association yesterday. I've got a couple stories that are um, running today on our network. Um, they, I asked them about the connection to the abortion, um, and it is... The Christian Medical Association says they do not take a position on mandates. They don't recommend, they recommend vaccines, but they, rec they recognize that people should be able to choose whether or not to have it, not be mandated. But they say that it, it, as far as their ethics are concerned, the Christian Medical Association says you should not have to be concerned about the distant connection with abortion in these in these uh, vaccines, although that uh, it's up to each individual uh, how, how they're going to handle that. Some, some people are very concerned yeah. about that, and the government has no business telling them that concern is illegitimate. I mean, I, I, anyway, I, it's, it, th this is where we've been discussing that you, you either, and our founders understood this, you either submit yourself to God, restrain yourself, and have a healthy republic, or you rebel against God and state power increases. And that's the, way, that's the way all republics and all democracies have ended in human history. Our founders knew this because they were students of history. And that's why they said that our government is made for, you can't have anything other than a moral and religious people and have a republic that remains. And this country has been moving away from God 
And now we see, unsurprisingly, what the founders expected that would happen, you have a growing government power that is now threatening First Amendment and other religious freedoms in our nation. We talked about the fact that the, uh, the, the Justice Department is going to look at, uh, you know, uh, looking at people who protest at local school board meetings and treat them as domestic terrorists, possibly. Okay? A direct threat to First Amendment free speech rights. You have a growing governmental power, and that is the direct result, in my opinion, of our move as a people away from God. I'm done Well, I want to say that uh, not everybody is bowing to the vaccine, and there are some people that are holding out. I want you to hear uh, Ted Nugent, uh, the conservative rocker of the 70s, I guess, um, has, uh, has, was asked if he has a message for those that have been vac- vaccinated. Listen to Cut 10. Would you speak to the people who believe it is a worthwhile vaccine and it is saving lives? Are they just dead wrong? Are they been fed a fed a line from the federal government? Jim, I appreciate the opportunity to speak to the people that went ahead and got the jab. I speak their language. I would speak to them thusly. They understand that. Well, so all these millions of people that got the shots, they're just stupid? Yep. <laughs> you know, he's got a new album out, <laughs> Sheep Scratch Fever. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Ted Nugent, uh, well, I mean, I disagree with him, you know, and but uh, you know what? That's what's great about America, or it's supposed to be. You can go on a show and you can say that. Who was he interviewing want. with there? I do not remember. I'm sorry. Jim something. Yeah, Jim. He's talking Jim. to Jim. He's talking to Jim. <laughs> Ted Nugent. Haven't yeah. heard from him in a while. No. Go ahead. Next story. Um, Andrew Yang. Do you remember him? The Democrat uh, yeah. Californian yeah. who ran for president, uh, was it in 2020, and got yeah, he nowhere. Yeah, he killed it, man. He yeah. was... He has he quit skyrocketed, the... De- <laughs> skyrocketed to the front of the back. <laughs> he, he has quit the Democrat Party. He's oh, labeled no. himself an, uh, an independent. <laughs> oh, no. Yep. You're kidding me. I would not. Because they're not radical enough? Is that I, it why he must the be. Party? He says that he's always been at odds with the Democrat Party over certain things and not very ideological. I'm practical. Making partisan arguments, particularly expressing what I often see as performative sentiment, is sometimes uncomfortable for me. It's, they're not genuine Democrats in the, uh, in, in, in the Beltway, I guess. Well, if you're into practicality, you're, you're not going to make it in today's Democrat Party. I'll tell you that. And I think Andrew Yang figured that one out, uh-huh. huh? Yeah, wouldn't would not doubt that. You can't talk about what's reasonable, what works, what's his best for the country. You just got to go full woke. So what? He's independent now, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah Andrew Yang. How did he make his money though? He's he he he's a very um, rich guy. Yeah. I, let me look. I think it was uh, software, California, the was legal, Silicon Valley right? thing, computer it's, stuff. I think it was legal. Yeah. I just want to make sure before we promote the fella. Yeah, he had a mafia operation. <laughs> uh, Something about loaning people money and then you had to pay it back with interest. Yeah, no. he went I think to, it was uh, it, all legal. <laughs> he went to law school in Columbia and Dang. attended Brown University. And he worked at various startups and nonprofits in the, uh, <sighs> in the Bay Area. Now, I have personal experience that some of those bust and back in the 90s and some of those took off. And apparently, the ones he invested in took off. And I'm not a big fan of Brown. Yours busted. 
I was actually part of one that took off and one that busted. I'm not a big fan of Brown University. I, I applied there. Yeah. I, seriously, I did, and they turned me down. Did so they? did Dartmouth. Did you get a letter of rejection? I, got a, I still have them. I have the letter of rejection Bummer. from Dartmouth and Brown University. Yeah, I got what into you're doing now. Boston College and Holy Cross I got into. Send them a picture of you doing this show and say, how do you like me now? That's they, right. They probably would say, well, I guess we, I guess we decided correctly. <laughs> Guy turned out to be conservative. And in terms of Andrew Yang's investments, uh, uh, Steve, I've always said I have the power to destroy any corporation in America by simply investing in them. That's right. Yeah. Because the, their stocks would then plummet. So I do have that, but I'm kind of like a supervillain in that way. You get the superpower. Oh, Dave. man. Okay. Next story. Steve. All right. Uh, we have just a couple minutes. The Department of Justice is launching an effort to combat threats of violence, they say, against school officials. I do not believe that this is the school board thing that we're talking about. It may be, but the Department of Justice is launching an effort to combat what it says is an increase in threats of violence against school officials and teachers. Um, threats Why is against, that going on? That's what they say. That's what. Where uh, is that going on? General Garland says that it's it's going on well nationwide um, to some degree. Um, actually, you know this the move is this notes that the move comes four days after the. Department, the school boards association uh, sent a letter to the Biden administration asking them to uh, to investigate. And this is uh, looks like. So why why is this a federal issue, Steve? What's the thinking here? Why does the federal government have to if if a local school official, a teacher or a school board member, principal, whatever, if they are somehow threatened by a parent? or another member of the community? Why is this a federal issue? Well, you remember, well, I don't Chuck, understand what their jurisdiction is yeah, here. Yesterday, or the day before, we heard from the governor candidate in Virginia, Terry McAuliffe, who yes. said, you have no right to educate your own children. It's, it's the school's right. And right. if you are a, a Democrat socialist, the village raises the child, then you give the Department of, if you're that kind of president, you give the Department of Justice that kind of a, an assignment because yeah, we can't have schools that are parents that are thinking for themselves. It, yeah, it, but I've watched enough Law & Order to know <laughs> yeah. that, that there's, there are jurisdictional questions all the time. I don't know what the FBI, what jurisdiction they have over a local threat against a school official, if it is happening and isn't just simply... Uh, parents expressing their disagreements with teachers or school board members. That's what I think they're talking about. But if there are actual threats, I don't know why the FBI has any jurisdiction. Well, the DOJ will be launching a task force aimed at addressing the issue while attempting to determine how the federal government could use its powers to prosecute crimes and assist local law enforcement in incidents that are not federal crimes. So they are going to find a way to shoehorn their way in or crowbar their way yeah. in or whatever. Yeah. Yang, yang their way in. What's that? <laughs> or yang their way in. Yang their way in. That's right. Yeah. There are multiple uses for the word gang. Or, or <laughs> people don't know that. Or Vivek Murthy. I've never heard of a Murthy. I've heard Murphy, but you, that's the Surgeon General. Yeah. We gotta right. we gotta work that into a conversation. You, Murthy? Murthy. Or it could be a verb. That's kind, of, it's kind of a daffy, it's kind of a daffy duck kind of thing. I'm going to Murthy. Murthy. I'm going to Murthy. Murthy. <laughs> Have Murthy. Murthy. Follow Murthy and Grace. Suffer and Thuckatash. <laughs> I'm 
I'm sorry you had to hear that, folks. <laughs> uh, Ray and I are not identified with that. <laughs> we have, yes, <laughs> we are. We want to separate ourselves <laughs> from, from that. What Ed just did there? Right. Throw uh, me under the yeah. Throw, throw me under the bus. <laughs> throw you under the gang. Uh, all right, Steve. Thank you. My pleasure, gentlemen. And Ray, thank you. Thank you, Tim. Ed, absolutely. And Fred Jackson. All right, uh, we'll see you tomorrow, everybody.